2: Date now on Bumble.
3: This episode of Cast Party is dedicated to our grandfather, William McManus. A special dedication message from Vince can be heard at the end of the episode. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are punted from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and
4: Dragons. And action!
3: Introducing the Steel Reserve, a new type of bank to keep your hard and investments safe. Do you have nowhere to keep your mounds of gold? Do you have illegal drugs that you want to keep safe from competitors? We ask no questions. Goblets, gold, goodies, all guarded for your safekeeping. No need to steal yourself from threats when you have the Steel Reserve. Member BDIC, all deposits final minimum deposit 100 gold pieces. Safe deposit boxes are on a timeshare basis. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my safe cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who, thinking back on robots, reminisced on the time he used his mom's Roomba turn-on sound as a sample in one of his songs. The song was later called, You Swept Me Under the Rug, But My Love for You Was a Roomba With a Full Battery and a Lust for Dust. Excellent. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is the sound? I feel like my Roomba is like... It's almost like a phone dial gone wrong. It's like, boo-doo-doo. It it does (laughs) like that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, it's it's always the weird beeps. And he just thought they were interesting.
5: (laughs) Is that how the song started? Or was it like a part of the beat?
3: Yeah, I think it was part of the beat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A Roomba-type beat? Roomba-type beat? (laughs) Well, gotta see if that
1: exists.
3: (laughs) And we have Anna Brisbane.
1: Blueberry sky elven druid actress. And I just thought I'd give you her astrological signs for those who are interested. She's a Leo sun, cancer moon, Sagittarius rising. And she believes that this defines her strongly and accurately. She was born on August 10th in Los Angeles, California at 4.11 p.m. That is all.
5: Ooh. 4.11. You
3: have no idea how many people are actually going to enjoy that. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Nigel Deacon. Uh, what's good, Xander Gucci Supreme, who has nursed back to health at least seven sick or injured birds in his life. He doesn't know why so many birds get hurt near him, but he's hoping to amass a bird friend army secretly, secret even from himself, only to appear when he desperately needs them.
2: <laughs> okay, so I thought that Xander would be all about the birds aren't real movement.
1: Yeah, birds oh. work for the bourgeoisie.
5: That doesn't mean he's not going to nurse them back to health. Even, I mean, they, maybe they're robots. Maybe they're bio-engineered things. I don't know. He, he nurses them back to health. Like, robots, government or not, like they are going to be on his side. When the bird wars come, they're siding with Xander. I mean, we had the squirrel wars in a previous
0: uh, True.
3: episode. so True. We're just lining up the historical events here. <laughs> and finally, we have Vince. Well, not finally, we have Vince Perino.
2: Jet the Boulder Chambers, Big really Heartthrob, Love Resides with his mom and puppy, Princess Pebbles quick one for Jet today. Unlike his nickname, jet plane, every once in a while, Jet has never actually flown in a jet plane.
1: What? I thought we talked about this.
2: No, it wasn't a helicopter. We talked about helicopters. You've
1: only been in helicopters. Yeah. (laughs) And like normal planes, maybe?
2: Never a jet plane because he's too afraid to get in planes. Helicopters are so much more dangerous.
1: What the hell?
3: And today we are joined by a very special guest who we will meet shortly. But first... Another special guest adventurer means another crazy giveaway. This time, we have partnered with our wonderful new member of the cast and crew, Thomas Sanders, to raise money for Rainbow Railroad, all while giving you guys the chance to earn some awesome prizes. Rainbow Railroad is a nonprofit organization that helps LGBTQ kids escape persecution in their home countries. Alongside making a donation and a difference, there are plenty of ways to win like checking out Thomas's very own brand new D&D show, hitting up all those socials, supporting Cast Party on Patreon, and so, so much more. We'll be giving away a signed poster for Thomas's new D&D series, Roll Slaying with Roman, a $50 Die Hard Dice gift card, and loads of Cast Party merch and goodies. So be sure to hit up that contest link down in the show notes. You're doing it right now, right? You're clicking the link down in the show notes? I know you are. We do these super fun giveaways for every single guest adventure we have on the show. So who do you want to join the cast and crew next? Be sure to let us know. Best of luck, cast and crew. Enjoy the episode. Let's talk about what happened last time. Last time, you infiltrated the house next to the ram, bull, and gardener in order to see if you could find any information on the whereabouts or what's going on in Verdarium. You found a book that told you the basics of these mushroom gardeners, a bunch of gardeners that were not currently operational, and some little bugs crawling around and into these machines. Sebastian went invisible and stole a crystal from outside, while Jet threw some nails to get the bull's attention. During this time, the bull's lights went on, and a large robotic eyeball came and found Jet. Floating in the air, it pointed a laser and guided Jet to the door. You all decided to follow the eyeball as it kept pointing its laser to signs that said The Steel Reserve. As you were just about to the reserve and turning a corner, the eyeball was rushing back towards you, flashing red for you all to hide. You were able to hide behind this wall before peeking out and seeing a long, invisible, mechanical panther devouring a rabbit. It turned back to invisible, jumped up a wall. Xander tried sneaking to a nearby statue to hide. But Jet angrily followed after a quip from Xander about pebbles. The panther saw you, and after destroying Blueberry's fey spirit, jumped down to attack. It went invisible and was able to throw a mine at Jet while you all searched for it. Jet ran face first into this problem as the mine blew up and he brought his hammer down on it, revealing it to the rest of you. Combat ensued and you were able to make quick work of the panther, but with Jet taking some nasty bites. Inside the Steel Reserve, you were allowed into the bank itself, and you met Potix P. Koguar. He described to you what is happening in Bird Darium, the evolving mechanic beings that could potentially overrun Fendrea in just a year's time. You knew he was holding back something, and with a zone of truth from Jet, you found out he was indeed the reason that the Forge had been able to start evolving. He created the bugs that now control the Forged, and that the bugs have given their self-replicating knowledge to the other Forged. Potix wants to be able to control the Forged so that no one else can take control of them. Now, you're standing with Potix in the Steel Reserve, he is still in the Zone of Truth, and he has just handed you a book left over by the Magistrate. It has the words, The Source, on the front. It looks like a journal. And so the scene is set. Question is, what will you do next?
2: I'll take a look through the book.
3: The book, it looks like a journal from someone in the magistrate. It describes a lone magistrate officer who had snuck into Berndarium and discovered a way to change a singular forged to obey new commands. It describes their journey and being able to change various forged by implementing changes to their design. This was a slow process, however, and they did some snooping. They discovered through information sleuthing of their own that it was possible to create a singular force that would control all of the Forged. It would need special materials that were only able to be crafted from the source of the Forged, the Fire Pit. It would need some sort of way of communicating with all of the other Forged, and this book even describes how to create what they believe to be a core of sorts that would work. Potek says, I use this to determine the forged weakness to being changed. I did not want the magistrate coming back and being able to control the massive amount of forged in Berdario.
2: I'm going to share everything that was in the book as I was reading through it.
1: Am I still a hyena?
3: Uh, Sabretooth tiger. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sabretooth
3: tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I believe those same principles can be put into effect with controlling all of the forged that run on Silerium.
5: Do you know if there are forged outside of Silerium? Like, have any gotten out of this area?
3: Anything that is currently active runs on Silerium. The rest were shut down.
5: Word. I forgot what Silerium was. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> are they are they outside of Brindarium? That's what I meant to say. You think there's anything out there? As far as I know,
0: not
3: yet. So they're kind of cooping up until they make the necessary changes or get the right amount of numbers before you think they might leave and start their takeover. I think the takeover will be a natural progression. They aren't doing it maliciously, but if they run out of resources here and run out of space, as they can expand so rapidly, they will surely go to the rest of Fendrea. I have a plan and I just, I need some help. Alright. Okay. I have created a communication core powered by Silerium. When implemented in a new forged, it may be able to control all of the others. If we make that forged the biggest, baddest forge to ever be, it should be safe to power all of the others down. We just cannot let the communication core be susceptible to infiltration from any others.
5: What happens if that big boy goes haywire? Like, what if he, like, can't be stopped. Yeah,
3: my thoughts exactly. (laughs) The communication core does not work without my blood powering.
5: Oh. Oh. Like blood sacrifice. Is it like DNA based? Oh, that's much better.
3: I don't know what that is. (laughs) Is it
5: like, okay, if I put my blood into it, would that do anything?
1: I want to turn back into an elf. Hi. Um, I'm here too. Um... What if you had, like,
3: a kid? Could they use it? I implemented a device into my blood. Specifically, it has changed it.
2: Oh. So you're saying you you have to be in complete contact with that forged at all times for it to work?
3: Yes, but if we just shut everything down, we would just need to keep me and the core itself safe.
1: Is he still under truth or did that expire?
3: He is still under zone of truth. Let me at least show you my plans. Okay. As well as where Silerium comes from. I don't see the harm in it. Jet, are you okay with kind of moving
2: forward on this? Listen, if he thinks he has a way to stop this destruction that could happen, we, we have to go through with it. What what other choice do we have right now?
3: Yeah, we kind of take action first, and then we can deal with him after, I guess. Yeah. Hotix moves over. You can see, again, you guys are in an old bank. It's got this large vault door. He moves some of his tables and stuff, and he extends the stilts on his feet so he can reach the safe lock. He does a complicated series of movements, pulling levers, turning dials ever so slightly. There's some spinning of knobs and pushing of buttons before the door begins opening. The circular door pops off and then rolls to the side, revealing a safe you see more tables set about inside here with papers and various metal scraps and pipe. It is much more organized in here than the outer portion where you have been. And finally in this room is Thomas. Would you like to introduce your character?
4: Hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. All of a sudden a big device powers up in the middle of the dark room. First blue, stepping up Altitude-wise, then turning his head towards the group, turns red completely and accelerates towards the group. Intruders! Oh, intruders, intruders. No, 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 invaders no. Invaders trying to tackle Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Identify yourselves. Please, relax. They're strangers. It's fine. We have this dude. We have a dark and intense <laughs> figure, and then we have... This very decorative individual, and then we have this long-eared female who, uh, by phylactery glands, definitely identifies something smelling some, somewhat of like a... What is that, a jackal? Is that a jackal, or is that a, a hyena?
1: A uh, saber tooth tiger.
4: It smells like saber-tooth.
3: I'm glad your eyes are still functioning.
4: Yes. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Burndarium Robotic Automaton Defender, a.k.a. Brad.
0: <laughs> yes, Brad.
4: Wait, why why are they laughing, Papa?
2: Uh, no, no, this, it's a it's a famous name from back where we're from. Actually, it's the best name I've heard while I'm here.
1: It's one of my dad's best friends'
4: name.
2: <laughs> He's the reason I got into photography.
4: That is very good to hear. Glad that you approve. Please introduce yourselves.
1: I'm Blueberry. Hi,
4: Blueberry. Ha 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 ha. That's the name of a fruit here in this land. I don't know if you know that, but the tables have turned.
1: Uh, yeah, same. Same for our land. Yes.
4: Oh. Uh.
5: What up, Brad? I'm Xander.
4: Xander, what up? The roof.
5: <laughs> Got him. I'll, I'll hit him up for a dap. Does he have hands?
4: A uh, dap. What does that stand for? Ooh. Uh,
5: Ooh. <laughs> give me a second. <laughs>
4: Too slow. <laughs> Moving on. Identify yourself. Okay.
5: <laughs> it's, Xander's just standing stunned, like,
3: uh, uh, <laughs> uh I'm Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves.
4: Alright, no questions there. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll i I'll take a step forward and put my uh, arm out to shake his hand. Uh lever.
4: He first uh, extends his arm out, and then it's a battle axe. So he retracts that real quickly. <laughs> Shift, and out comes a hand to match his hand.
2: And I will, I will grasp that and just try to start to shake it. I am Jet Chambers.
4: He grasps it very tightly, very tightly. He grasps it and, and crushes it almost. I d- uh, uh, oh, release detection of pain.
0: Uh,
2: d- <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs>
4: Nice to meet you, Jed.
5: Dude's appreciating people.
4: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to appreciate people, and I do like being referred to as dude for some reason. (laughs) I will hit you with a dap.
5: Hell yeah.
3: Yes. (laughs) We
0: got the robot dap.
3: Tater Quick does a teaching session, I guess, to Brad. And Pochix is like, yes, Brad is very smart, can learn... A lot of things.
4: I'm a quick learner, Papa. Thank you.
3: I told you not to call me Papa.
4: Well, Papa, as you remember, is an acronym. It stands for... (gasps) It stands for Prime Animal Producer of Automatons, because you yourself (laughs) are an animal, Papa.
0: (laughs) Oh my god.
3: Yes, Yes, I'm made of flesh. You're made of metal. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. You've never run that protocol before, so that's great.
4: Introductions went smoothly. This was our first test run.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say. Potix looks at the group. This is the first time Brad has met anyone else.
4: They are all flesh like you, Papa.
1: Does Brad look like he's made out of wood or metal?
3: Almost entirely metal. Some portions have stone. And one thing you do notice immediately out of Brad is the center of him, much like the forged outside, have a large silerium canister it looks like he is filled with silerium those bluish crystals and his is glowing brightly compared to the others
1: i wonder if you can detect his thoughts
3: i'll give it a shot but he's a robot do robots have thoughts i don't know okay on it <laughs> i'll cast detect thoughts on brad so brad for the duration of I can read your surface-level thoughts. That, that's really it. So just what is most on its mind in that very moment. That's all I get from detect thoughts, unless I probe further, which I won't be doing.
4: My inner thoughts are thus. One, one, zero, one, one, zero, <laughs> zero, one, one, zero, zero, one. Which, in robot, just basically means that he's ready for a nap. <laughs> oh. NAP is, of course, another acronym for Nightly Aptitude Project.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> he runs God. all
4: the time, so he's, you know, he's ready for another one. He just woke up from one. He loves them naps.
3: Would I know that, though? <laughs> from the 011? <zero>, one, one, <laughs> d- no, you wouldn't. Blueberry. he's just doing a lot of math, that's all.
1: Brad, what is your primary function? Uh, protecting Burndarium, or Prodix or... Podix or-
4: my primary function is to protect Papa. He is priority. Correction, poetics. It's just easier and, dare I say, more fun to say Papa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have fun.
4: I like making acronyms.
1: But you you like things. You have preferences.
4: Doesn't everybody?
1: I do, I do I, I've never met...
4: Blue, don't be insensitive. You're being awfully rude. Yeah, come on. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I... This is the first discussion with... Is it rude to say artificial intelligence? You seem pretty legitimate. Um, hey, yo,
5: Dad, is this is this gonna be like on the download? Is this gonna be like the the um the controller robot that we put the thing in?
3: No, I believe we need a new forged to install the communication core in. Okay, sick. That means we don't have to sacrifice him. Hell yeah,
4: let's go, Brad. <laughs> you're alive. Wait, wait, wait. What? What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everything's fine. We don't
4: need to sacrifice you. We need a blood sacrifice, and I don't think you have blood. No.
3: Oh,
5: yeah. You are the sun.
4: Yes. Well, sometimes Potix refers to me as a tot because I am only eight years old. Tot stands for total oscillating thing. <laughs> By the way, my, my red that I that I had shifted into has turned back to blue because I've disengaged you all our friends to Papa. I am roughly the size and shape of sort of a barbarian type individual.
3: Wow. Mm.
5: Okay.
4: My artificial intelligence is minimal.
3: Would you go grab the plans?
4: The plans. And that is not an acronym, correct? That is...
3: Your... No, no, the plans.
4: Got you. The plans. Going now.
3: You would know where they are because he's in here working and stuff. You're able to grab them. Potex shows you his plans. And he has a picture of what looks like a giant forge. 25 foot tall, 25 foot wide. Listen, we just need to create something to hold the communication core. And he points over to a chest that's on the ground. Brad, you know that this chest has been locked because he didn't want you touching the communication core.
4: It is very shiny.
3: So if we can create this at the fire pit, install the communication core, we should be able to shut down all of the other Forged. Thoughts? Okay.
2: Uh, Sounds good. Is there anything we have to worry about with it? Do we have to be fragile with this? Where do we go from here?
3: Well, we would take the time to go to the fire pit. We'd create this. I have some ideas to make it stronger and not be as easy to take over. The problem is the Silerium Core doesn't have enough power for all of my ideas, so I feel like we cannot add a lot to it, but I'd like your input into the best improvements to add.
4: Please respond to Papa.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll give any, any sort of uh, ideas, plans, whatever you need.
1: This isn't really my area of expertise.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm
3: not very mechanical of sorts. It's more just the big picture. I could create all of these things, and most of them are created already. And he hands you a book, and there are a few schematics he has created. One you can see is just an axe hand. Looks like just a larger version of what Brad has. One is this hyperplated armor. One of them's a diagram of what looks to be like a really precise eye with almost like a microscope on it. And so he's got a list of these. So there's axe hand, armor... Precision eye, crossbow, boosters, which would allow this thing to float. A furnace, so it runs hot, and a Silurium blast.
2: Can I borrow a, a pen, a feather, whatever you write, writing utensil that you have? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the plans and I'm gonna start to draw an arm with like a circle at the end of it, and I'm just gonna write JC in it. I, I don't understand. It's a boulder arm. Is that better than an axe?
3: It's pretty good for smashing.
4: May I suggest once again, Papa, what would look really cool is some very awesome, sick flame decals on the sides of the machine. That'd be tight.
3: That's something we could add later.
4: I'm just saying, he just drew a whole arm in like five seconds, so I think he'd be more than capable to do what I'm asking.
3: Honestly,
2: I'm on board with the flames.
3: Jet, would you draw flame decals, please?
4: I'm, I'm
2: already on it.
4: Oh, yeah, man. Hell yeah! Give me lit.
2: performance. If I don't do good, I'm using inspiration. I'm using inspiration for this.
0: No! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nine. You're not used to writing
3: with a quill and ink, so you smudge it a little bit. Happy bread. It looks
4: awesome to me.
2: I just, I didn't have like enough red and orange and I, you know. No. It, it, the sun got my eyes You a have nothing
4: bit. to apologize for. It looks great. I love it.
2: I'm going to nudge Sebastian in the shoulder. I like this guy. He's not too bad. I'm I'm wondering, do you think I could use him as an amp?
4: What does amp stand for?
2: Oh, um... Where are you going to put it in him? Yeah, where do you put that in?
3: No, it's not... I just want him to, like, pinch the end of my cable and see if,
4: Oh, I do have a port in my posterior that is used for audio.
3: Oh, no. (laughs) If it's made for audio...
4: My posterior port is made for audio. Um... Ah. What? It's just a port, dude. Don't overthink it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh. Am I okay to plug it in?
4: Yes, I give you the consent.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I take Daisy around, and Daisy's an acoustic electric, so I do have a cable and I can plug it in.
4: Oh, this feels weird, but okay. Uh. <laughs> wow! What a feeling.
3: I am metal riffing so hard. Open
4: your mouth wider. Ah. Ah, Metal riffing so hard. I sound so cool, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I like these dudes, Papa.
3: They'll be gone soon, so get your riffing in now.
1: What do you mean by gone? You will be leaving, correct? Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not until the job's done. Just enjoy your time,
4: Brad. Oh, I am. I am definitely doing that. Did You hear, like, auto-tune notes coming out of my, my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Brad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: my name sounds even cooler. I unplug him. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, I should have warned you. No warning? <laughs>
3: <laughs> can, can we get back to the plan, please? Right, so next steps... So, I was wondering if you wanted any improvements to the Forged or going to create, so it can help keep the core safe. I think we can maybe add three of these to the machine to make it as defensible as possible. Ah.
5: Easy. Armor, crossbow, axe. That covers his defense, that covers his offense, that covers his offense further away, and then the flame decals, obviously.
4: Obviously.
3: But, okay, but the Silerium Blast could also do the far away, and that's kind of like Iron man That's pretty sick.
5: But what if it uses up his power source, like, because
2: like, he's running on Silerium? Whoa. It could eat it up in two seconds. You're right.
1: What does the crossbow use as ammo versus the blast?
3: Oh, the crossbow would have bolts.
1: Would it be easy to, like, refill or
3: reload? Yes. It would be pretty much automated. Just as automated as a blaster? Yes, the blast would be a one-time-use type thing.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, we don't want that. Okay, yeah, you're right. How many uses could we get out of the crossbow?
3: As many as we could. We could always make more bolts.
4: I myself am composed of many bolts, right, Papa? Is that what you're referring to?
3: <laughs> no, no, Yeah, well, yes and no, it's the same word.
4: You know, the English language, very confusing.
1: Yes, Bradley. Bradley? Your full name's Bradley?
4: Uh-oh. That's the longer. That's the longer acronym, which stands for Darium Robotic Automaton Defender. Uh loves everyone. Yay! <laughs> that's
3: what his friends call him, and that's me. Friends
4: equals papa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, okay. Papa
4: sometimes likes to pretend that he's multiple people to make me feel better.
3: Aw. Oh, that's like back home when my mom used to pay people to come to my shows.
0: Ooh,
4: oh, woof. that sounds very sad, dude. Yeah. But at least I got good pictures out of it.
5: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, yo, you need a photographer, bro? Well,
4: if it's anything like the quality music that came out of my mouth, then I'm sure that you deserved a full audience.
5: Aw. Oh. oh, my God.
3: Cute. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, crossbow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Armor and axe. I don't know, the booster's kinda dope.
1: Oh, yeah, it could float.
5: I guess you don't need armor if you're fast. Yeah. Oh, wait,
3: fly. Oh, wait, but it was just flying. It wasn't, like, super jet speed. It would be relatively slow, but it could use a burst to move out of the way of incoming attacks or anything like that. Hmm.
1: I think armor.
5: Yeah, I think, I think I'm sticking with armor on that
3: one. Yeah. I'm with it. This is gonna be a dope mech battle. Potix begins gathering up materials. It will take me some time to make sure everything is ready. If you would like to take a NAP, you are free to do so. Why'd you spell it out like that? Like we're a training puppy. <laughs> did he Did he spell nap?
4: Nap stands for Nightly Aptitude Project. Oh, okay. Oh, he, he's just out like that. Damn.
3: <laughs> <Wow>. Just instant. <laughs> he's,
4: he's a fast sleeper.
3: Do you have
1: somewhere where we could rest? Floor?
4: (sighs) Uh,
2: Rolling out the sleeping bag. I think I'm ready to sleep. With how rough of a day it was for Jet, yeah, he's going right to bed.
1: Sleep.
2: Can you two make up before we go to sleep, at least? Who? You! Me? Yeah, you!
3: What? Both of you.
5: Uh, okay. I recognize that we have differing views of evolution and ai but we will get through this and everything will be fine because none of the decisions that we've made so far have come back to bite us that hard so sorry bro
2: i'm laying on my side turned away from him and after he finishes talking i slowly turn back over all right i love you (laughs) and i turn
5: back (laughs) Uh, i love you too bro and i will just pat him on the shoulder and continue Spooning with him. <laughs> what? Oh, what? <laughs> I, I was trying to actually.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, we gotta keep warm somehow. There's no fire in here or anything.
4: I mean, yeah, they...
5: exactly. We don't. We don't have a blanket. Like...
4: And then pretty soon, you feel something behind you, and it's actually Brad who's actually taken to spooning the two of you. Excellent. <laughs> I've never had a sleepover before. This is very cool.
5: (laughs) I feel like he's just like lightly vibrating like in a nice way. Like like a
3: a cat (laughs) purring. Like
5: being hugged by a bee. Oh my god. (laughs) And you
3: all get your long rest. And you all awaken level eight. (gasps) (gasps) Boom! We did it. Well, actually, Brad was level eight before you guys, so. Dang it! He's level nine. Does that mean he's (laughs) level nine? No. Come on. <laughs> Brad is one experience away from leveling up. Oh one
1: experience. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause he's eight years old.
4: I'm eight years old.
1: <gasps> oh.
4: Oh. oh. Tomorrow's
3: his birthday. So tomorrow's
4: my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, now we can't let him die. What?
3: I just making sure you're safe, Brad. That's all. I gotta get you to your birthday.
4: Papa said, I will live forever. I don't understand this. Die.
3: Oh, us humans do it a lot. Sorry to hear that. Well,
1: like once per person, but yeah.
5: Sebastian, have you died before too? <laughs> In my dreams. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Wait, what? Um, Good morning, everyone. What's good?
2: How is everyone doing?
3: <laughs> Can we have donuts?
2: Mm, I'll be pouring tea out for everyone. Xander, as you say that, there is something in your pocket.
5: Oh, shit. 14. It's a can of
3: monster.
0: I, <laughs> shit. I just had one. Yes.
5: <laughs> yes. All right. I'm going to crack that open and
3: just drink it right now. But, uh... Uh, all right. You chug that can of monster and something feels off. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. It tastes a little weird, and you look a little bit closer at the can. And you can see it says nonster. What? <laughs> nonster? Okay. You gain one level of exhaustion.
5: <gasps> no. Oh. What? I don't even know what that does.
3: <laughs> All ability checks have disadvantage until you get rid of that. So, Can I just go back to sleep? Just oh. lay back down. <laughs> so Xander's a little groggy this morning after his
2: nonster. Oh, that would. I. Xander, get get the donuts out. I, I got some tea for us. Maybe this will pep you up a little bit. I'll pull out the bag
5: and just slap it on the ground and then just, like, doze. Someone
3: else is going to have to pull out the donuts.
2: I'll grab the bag. Chet, as you go to grab
3: your bag, your shoulder's moving really nice today. Oh. Still feels like the skin is kind of hard. Uh. Ew. And now you can feel that it's almost underneath your armpit. Uh it's not as tight you can can
2: move better hey brad dude brad you 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 want you mind like looking at my my shoulder real quick
4: oh no i do not mind at all oh 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 this does not this does not look like flesh what what Uh. (laughs) so do i use inspection here investigation i will
3: say you can use investigation or you can make a medicine check whichever you would prefer
4: i will do a medicine check I rolled an eight, so not great.
3: Which kind of makes sense. You haven't seen a lot of flesh piles before, uh, and (laughs) this just looks like more flesh. Nothing looks that different from his right shoulder to his left shoulder.
0: Mm.
4: Mm. Yeah, it all just looks like a mess to me. I mean, to be honest, (laughs) your other shoulder doesn't look that much better to me. I can't tell the difference.
2: (laughs) I'll worry about it later.
4: You may need to ask for a second opinion.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll find a doctor.
4: Good morning.
3: Potix comes in. I'm sneaking the donut bag from Jet while he's being inspected. I want my donuts. Roll me a d6. Four. Okay, there are four donuts in the bag. Oh man, I only got four. Uh, hey, uh, Brad, you've probably never had a donut. I'll split mine with you.
4: Is a donut along the lines of like uh, other kinds of like lug nuts? Or is it is it something like that?
3: Yeah, but uh, I guess more fleshy.
0: More fle- what? Oh, I, don't,
4: I don't know if that is something that I need. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. A flesh donut does not sound great.
4: Let's be honest. Even if I could eat something like that, that doesn't sound very appetizing, even okay. if I ate food.
0: I didn't know how to describe it.
2: Do you eat regular food, Brad?
4: Uh,
3: You don't need any sustenance to live. But you do typically like chomping on old bits. Poetix will like mess up one of his projects he's working on and he'll like throw some brass tubing at you and you get a sensation that's not taste, but it's more like the texture, the enjoyment of eating. He's teething
4: is what he's doing. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he's teething at eight. Robots age very slowly. Okay.
3: I rip half my donut and I hand it over to you and it's it's raspberry filled.
4: Raspberry. Yeah. Okay.
3: It's kind of like blueberry, but different. It's like blueberry, but different?
1: No, 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 no.
0: Not, no, okay, but- Not like me. But
4: fruity.
3: That was really bad after I described it as fleshy. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: I detect that you did better the second time around. Thank you. And then he puts it in his mouth and does a chewing thing, and it goes right through, which is very, very different from uh, what the rubber tubing that he's gotten from Papa in the past.
3: It Splatters everywhere because of the jelly filling—it goes everywhere.
4: Out, out, out! Am I like the flesh piles pop up? Is this how you do it? And he's just got donut all over his face.
3: Would one of you clean him up, please? Mm,
4: refreshing.
3: <f plata> oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'll go over and I'll I'll do a little wave of my hand and press the digitation his uh, face
4: area. <laughs> That hit the spot. It went straight down the tube that that food goes down.
1: Where does it go after
3: that?
4: I'm assuming to my robot stomach.
3: Listen, I'm gonna get us ready to go. You can see that Potik starts strapping these machines that he had been setting up yesterday into a metal basket that he has connected to the floating eyeball. You can see that it is struggling and it lifts it off the ground and it can fly the equipment you guys need. It looks to be connected by a magnet, and the eye can hold everything. Does the eye have a name? Brad, did you give him a name? Uh,
4: <laughs> yeah. I.
3: <laughs> it's a floating eyeball with wings, <laughs> mechanical wings, for reference.
4: So it's it, yeah. I named it. It's a. It's basically a kinetic eye in the hearth, and it's it's that uh, AKA Keith.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Keith.
4: Kinetic Eye in the hearth, which is this place that we are in right now.
5: It's a bank, but yes. Home is where the hearth is,
0: right?
4: Correct. Correct. (laughs) If I said bank, it would be Keepa, and that just wouldn't be as good of a name. (laughs) Are we all ready?
3: Yeah. Yeah, let's Mm. get to it. Leaving the steel reserve. Hotik sends the flying eyeball ahead to scout your way, much like it had guided you before. Quiet as we can.
1: In that case, I would definitely cast some P.S. without a trace.
3: Oh, okay, let's go. I need stealth checks from everybody. 27.
4: I rolled a nine, and my stealth is plus four.
3: Dang. So that would be 13. Blueberry cast a spell to give you an extra plus 10 to that. So you have 23 to stealth.
4: I am light and nimble. I got 22.
3: 21. 24. And you guys all start moving towards Forged Row, where the fire pit is. The first leg of your journey is quiet. With the help of Keith, is able to keep you all out of sight and let you know when there are forged around. As you're moving through one area of this city, Hotix immediately points you all to a small alleyway as the eyeball returns from up ahead with its blinking red light. Hide, hide, hide. Oof. Hiding.
4: Stealthy, like ninja.
3: And so you guys are all hiding this alleyway for a moment. Approaching, you hear a passing down the road. Is a large forged, about the size of a smart car, floating in the air. It looks like a giant bulbous wasp with a long scorpion-like stinger on its back.
2: Hate that. Oh, I don't I don't like that. Hate it. It does
3: not have wings. Instead, the bottom has like this propulsion system that pulses to keep it afloat. So is it like bouncing along? It almost looks like it's bouncing through the air. Oh, ooh, I like it. As it passes the alleyway, mm. it continues further down the road. Let's keep moving. What was that? You don't want to know. Potix starts moving again. <gasps> okay. And moving on to Forge Row, this is a much lower portion of the city. So you're going down a lot of declines and passing old broken down residences. You pass the occasional non-threatening forge that either ignore you or completely run away at the sign of you. Things that look like squirrels or ducks with their own mechanical differences. Some of these squirrels have wings. Another you can see has springs for legs. But you continue moving to a large open area where many of these smelter factories are. This is Forged Row, where the forged are created. points out to you one massive building that says a community creating for all the fire pit. The building itself is built into the cave wall. It has a single front facing wall with no windows, only two massive doors. One that is currently ajar. The building sits in a large open courtyard. You are currently across from it, hidden in an alleyway. In this courtyard is a large group of forged you can see off to the west, there is an air vent coming from the ground 80 feet or so to your east that is blowing warm smoke. It looks like these creatures actually enjoy the warmth and are lounging in it. These creatures look like a mix of a few different four-legged animals, some bulls, others look like buffalo, some look like rams, others don't really even have what you we would see as like a modern-day counterpart. They're four-legged, have short, stubby little legs and long necks with three prehensile tails that they can grab things with. And they're here in a absolutely massive
2: group. Oh! With such a large gathering of these animals, can I take a look around, like, up top as high as I can and around the borders uh, of this area to see if there's any predators that are watching them? It's, like, super dark down here, though, right? Give me perception with disadvantage. Oh, that's a nat 20. Come on. Five.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: Jet, it's hard for you to even see the top of some of these buildings. These are huge factories, so they are tall. There are so many places that things could be hiding. If something's here and the group hasn't seen it, you probably wouldn't have seen it. We need to get into that building. I'm assuming we can't just walk right over, right? Do we have any other options?
4: Perhaps I could offer a distraction. I have wheels that retract out to replace my feet. I could make a loud noise and detract all of the beasts in the center of the garden. And then you all get in there ahead of me.
2: How would you meet back up with us without them following you, though?
1: Wouldn't it be easier for me to, like, summon a beast as a distraction again?
3: But if you're a robot, you could kind of just stroll on up and, and start talking with everybody, right? And then when when we're we're safe, you could just peace out.
5: But if they're predators...
3: Oh, right. He's got this. He's got this stuff. Oh, right.
4: Okay. I've got that stuff.
1: I'll just summon like some bunny rabbits or something.
4: Will they go for it?
1: If it doesn't, then I guess it wouldn't go for us.
4: How do we know not
2: that one of those inv- invisible panther... How do we know that's not in there? Not that I can
3: see right now. And you can see that he has Keith flying up and over the courtyard and
2: scanning. So Keith will be able to tell us if there's unseen things in there? Yes. Oh.
1: I'm going to cast summon beast.
2: Okay. Where
3: are you summoning said beast though?
1: 75 feet east of me, sort of right next to this herd. I think again, it's going to be a little um, bunny with wings. That's just kind of going to flutter annoyingly at them and try to get their attention I'm kind of whispering to it from a distance to to run if it is attacked. But for now, it's just taking
3: the dodge action. And when you summon that, are you guys moving? Are you running? Are
4: you doing what?
1: Personally, I'm just slowly creeping behind the statue thing, sort of making my way.
4: I mean, I don't know how big or strong that Papa has made me, but if everyone's able to get onto my back, I could just drive us towards the
3: door. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tiny, I could fit. I might be a little heavy. I would allow one of them to ride you. Potix probably has jumped on your back already, because he's a tiny little gnome man.
4: Papa is first, yep.
3: But if the rest of you want to start moving, you can see that this herd of animals does seem to get distracted and see this floating bunny. A group of them start trotting over. How high are you having this fly? Five feet. So it, it would be, like, within reach. Yeah. You can see that they move over. If You guys are starting to move. You can get about halfway to the entrance of the door. As you can see that one of these things is sniffing the little rabbit. And it goes for a little bite. <laughs> oh. Oh, no.
1: It's dodging.
3: So that is only a 10 to hit. No you can see that it does bite and your little fairy rabbit does indeed move out of the way. Are you having it run? Yeah. You can see it starts running further towards the east, I'm assuming. Yeah. As you do this, you guys are able to make it all the way to the door. Good job, Blueberry. Thanks. One of the doors is ajar, so you can just sneak right into this factory. I'll push it open and hold the door for everybody. Doors open. Everyone's able to get in. You're able to close the door really quick behind you. The building itself is a large rectangle. Along the outside walls, there are old smelters and fireplaces. There are anvils and equipment for forging here, as well as there are about a dozen forged blacksmiths. These look similar to the mushroom gardeners you had seen before. These are all humanoid in form and have hammers for hands, but they seem to be powered down. No movement, no light from them or anything, no silurium. There are two sets of staircase here that go up about 10 feet to a raised platform. In the middle of this raised platform is a 25-foot diameter cylinder that juts into the ground. This pit has molten lava in it. Oh. Ooh. It looks like this is naturally occurring lava that the fire pit uses to create its forged. It has a grate to stop people and things from falling into it, but the holes are big enough to lose something relatively large down there. And the grate is by no means not hot. Also upon this dais are a few tables, some working materials, some books, and a contraption that looks like it is used to create the forged. It has cranes that go down into the lava pit and pieces that add parts. It's just like this whole huge mechanic monstrosity. It looks like a mechanical marvel in many forms. As Sebastian shuts the door, Potix turns around and goes, Be on your toes. I have not been able to scout this area out in some time. Oh, God. There's so many robots in here.
1: I'm, I'm taking a good look around.
3: Blueberry, where are you looking around? You got an area with some of these forged blacksmith, an area up top on the dais that has that machine, as well as the notes and stuff that are up there. Potix moves completely up onto the dais, has Keith bring the metallic basket with all the goodies, and he drops it over. And he just immediately starts putting things onto this contraption.
1: I'm just going to start with the left side of the room and just kind of look around corners and make sure nothing's hiding or being weird.
3: Give me a perception check. 21. This area looks pretty undisturbed for some time. There's dust everywhere. doesn't look like a lot of these things have been used in a very long time. You can see that there is what looks to be underneath one of these stairwells, some sort of disturbance in the ground. It almost looks like something has like burrowed here before.
1: How big? Like a badger or like bigger?
3: Weasel sized? Frederick? A little bit bigger than Frederick. Like a dinner plate. Even less than that. Oh. So as Blueberry's walking around, Potix is putting stuff on this machine. He turns to the rest of you and he says, This machine, while incredible, is also incredibly loud when it is running. Oh. We may be bringing all of the forged in this part of the city upon us.
1: Oh. Great. There's a hole in the floor. You might want to get that fixed.
4: I can explain that blueberry. That is a pit filled with lava. That's just been here. It's oh, part no, of the...
1: No, 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 no. No. <laughs> oh. The, under the stairs. Like something dug out or in.
4: Oh, who is dug?
2: Should we should we like barricade this this door then and then possibly plug that hole? Is this the only only way of anybody coming in and out is this door right here?
3: That looks like the main entrance. And it does have one of those big metal slats you can, like, drop down yeah. in front of it to, like, barricade it.
1: We've also got some anvils over here.
2: Yeah, we can we can definitely move some stuff if we need to. Jet, do you think you could pick those
4: up with, like, Brad's help?
2: Uh, I can try. I, I mean, those are pretty big, man. I think you two could probably do it together.
4: I've definitely needed to lift some weights for a, a hot second. So this is good for me to get that practice in.
2: We're going to get swole today, Brad?
4: Yes, although SWOL is an acronym that completely means something different from what you're probably referring to, so (laughs) just please refrain.
2: Oh, oh, refrain. Okay, uh, I apologize.
1: But the answer's yes.
4: (laughs) We will improve our musculature features today, is what I think you were trying to say. Yeah. Great, yes, I am here for that.
3: Why don't you guys give me athletics checks? Hey, Blueberry? Huh? Uh, okay, so the cold didn't work against the robots like I thought it would. What What do I try now?
1: I don't know about robots. Electricity?
3: But they're, po- they're powered by electricity. Or do I, oh, is that like overriding them?
1: Yeah, like zap it, like fry it. I don't know. Ooh,
3: okay. I'll try that.
1: Hopefully that doesn't just like charge them
3: up. <laughs> I know. That's what I was worried about. I didn't know if it would like overcharge them, you know? Supersize them,
1: uh, but I feel like if you zap electronics, like it usually does not help.
5: Do you have like acid? Not like drugs, but like <laughs> like burnt like ouch acid.
3: Oh, like rust.
5: Yeah, like th- think about like a battery. Like if you leave that shit too long, it's gonna corrode, and it's full of acid. So like, I don't know how batteries work, <laughs> but. It can't be good if they've mixed the two things.
3: I'm, I'm sitting against the side wall and I'm trying to tune Daisy and I'll bring out the tuning fork and I'll bing it on the, the stone on the ground and I will tune it to drop A for acid damage. Uh, What did you guys get on your athletics checks?
4: I rolled a six. O oh, plus seven to athletics.
5: Thirteen. That one? <laughs> he drops the anvil on his toe.
4: What's your total though, Jet.
3: Uh, that is five So with an 18 total I was basically going to allow you to move One anvil per Five you got So you guys were able to move three of these anvils In front of the door Oh, okay, alright Uh, can I make
1: like a nature check to see What could be coming from this hole
4: If it were to Make you feel calmer, Blueberry I could go over there and sit On the hole That is something I'm very good at, sitting
1: Okay, sure. Sure, you can sit there. Great.
4: Fantastic.
3: Is there anything else you guys want to do while Podix prepares the machine?
2: Yeah, Podix. Yes? Say you you turn this thing on, and and we start getting all these guys coming at us. What are the chances that all of these downed guys around us are going to come back? Zero? There's no chance that all of these guys in here with us could turn back on?
3: I don't believe so. They don't have Silerium powering. Is there
2: any way that we could power them on to help us?
3: They are blacksmiths, so I don't think they'd be programmed to attack anyway.
2: Dang. Just to be safe,
5: though, can I go over to the the row of them and just, like, push the first one over? Oh, like, my God. Hopefully you know, for, like, a domino effect? Oh.
3: That's pretty loud.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, no. That wasn't
3: good. And he goes... All right, it's time. And he starts the machine. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. oh, damn it.
2: I
1: would like to cast a spell. Yeah,
2: I want to cast a spell as well.
3: You can all have one more action.
1: Um, I'm going to place a hand on both Brad and, and Jet and cast Long Strider at the second level. So some vines grow up out of the ground and like encircle your feet and help them feel like a little, help you feel a little lighter on your feet. And you can go 10 feet. Faster than you could for an hour.
2: Oh, all right. Jet, what did you want to cast? We're going to put this on Xander, Sebastian, and Blueberry right now. Seeing as Brad is hiding in the under the stairs right now. We're going to cast Blast at, at first level.
3: Xander, Sebastian, Brad, is there anything else you want to do before sounds get loud? I could
5: send Namora over to watch the hole instead of Brad. Let's get him out of the way, and then it's, like, one less resource, but then we still have it guarded. Join us in the fight. Yeah, Brian, that's up to you. You see, like, a little green, like, little goblin creature, like, flying over to you? He's friendly. He can watch the hole.
4: Is this somebody that belongs to you?
5: Yeah, he's my familiar.
4: Oh, I mean, yeah, that sounds like the better plan.
5: He's just, like, kind of curled up right on the edge of the hole and just, like, have a readied action to to scare I guess
3: he's like he's like one of those ice boxes that dive into the hole in the snow
5: yeah oh. <laughs> oh. so if anything pops out he will he will cast scare
3: and Sebastian what was it you want to do okay so before before the chaos ensues as I see Xander topple over the robots as they hit one another they kind of hit in like a metronome and I just finish up tuning and I'm like And I'm going to give some inspiration to Brad and sing him a quick song as the metronome goes off. Your wires, his collar, don't bother, B-Rad, I know exactly what you are. Uh, You're a robot!
0: Get it?
4: That, for some reason, stoked me right up. I don't know
0: what happened. Papa,
4: uh, what is this feeling so sudden and new? That was great. That actually... I was just interested in the possibility of we discovered that you can amplify your sounds through my mouth when plugging into my posterior port. So if you want to do that at any point during this battle, we should probably utilize that. I like that. We'll we'll combo something. We'll combo. Brad, I'm giving you my
3: advanced bardic inspiration. So at any point in a roll, if you need a little bit of extra help, you can roll 2d8. And you can take the higher roll of that and add it to the roll. It is on ability checks, attack rolls, or saving throws. So pretty much everything.
4: Wow. Okay. Thank you.
3: So Potix pulls a massive lever as the machine begins moving. It grabs a large chunk of metal from these metal stacks behind it. And it dips it into the lava. As it comes out, it starts bending as they come out red hot. And Potix was very right. This machine is very loud. The dipping of the metal in the lava sparks light all around the factory. And from outside, you can hear a chorus of animalistic sounds. And hooves moving closer? Everyone roll initiative. All right, everybody, let's take five. Hello, my friend, my name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on a path of happiness, all through the lovely grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here. Right now, this episode of Cast Party is sponsored by Podcorn. We have been personally using Podcorn and wanted to take a second to chat with you guys about it. Listen, if you run a podcast or if you're even thinking of starting a podcast, you need to sign up for Podcorn. So, Podcorn is an online marketplace connecting podcasters with amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as pre roll and mid roll ads like this one topical discussions, interviews, giveaways, and so, so much more. It has been incredibly easy to pop on the site, see what sponsorships are available, and submit my pitch to them for Cast Party. Podcorn makes it truly simple to find podcast sponsors that fit you and your show. And the best part? There is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities that are right for them directly on the platform. You never have to give up rights to your show, and Podcorn is with you every step of the way to ensure you're not only protected, but properly compensated for the work that you do for brands. You work hard to produce your podcast, just like we do. So keep your creative freedom and have full control of how and when you monetize your show. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing for your very own sponsorship opportunities. Thank you so, so much again to Podcorn for their continued support. And if you're a podcaster, you need to click that link down below. Quiet on set. We're rolling in three, two, one. Action. Brad, I believe you have advantage on initiative rolls. Oh, I do.
4: Thank God, because my first roll was a one. So I can only go up. I went to a fifteen. There you go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's my first above ten roll. Oh
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> ten. Twenty-one.
2: Dirty twenty. Twenty-one for Jet. The roll-off. Roll-off. I lose these all the time.
5: <laughs> Get better dice, bro.
2: Nat twenty. Oh, oh, my God. I burned it on the initiative rolls. Let's go.
4: That was sick.
2: I got 17. Yes! Uh.
3: So, again, to start, we're all in the factory. You got these big, big double doors in front of you. There are three anvils. Xander's kind of off to the side. Sebastian and Blueberry are not right in front of the doorway, but it looks like, Jet, you are. As well as, Brad, where do you want to be? You've moved right up to the doorway. I
4: think I positioned myself real close to the doorway, In battle position, going from blue to red, readying myself to protect Papa. And you guys, I guess.
2: So I'll kind of look at him, slowly get myself in the same battle position as him, right next to him. Jet, you are first. Doesn't seem
3: like anything has happened yet, other than you can hear the hooves coming towards
2: you. I'm just going to ready an action, if I see anything come at me, to just take a swing. Then we have Blueberry.
1: I am going to cast summon beast again this time at third level and let's see I can make it air land or water this time it's going to be a land type I think it's going to be a little uh, feisty looking badger they're going to stand next to the the big boys and uh, I'm just going to tell them to, to defend the room
3: and then Xander that is your turn I thought I had a plan, but now
5: I'm rethinking it. I think I'm going to... I'll do summon aberration. I'm going to do slod. It's going to be spawned right next to the door.
3: Is the aberration doing anything or just waiting?
5: He will ready the action to attack anything that comes through the door. So you have to roll me a d6. Oh, God. Ooh.
3: Six. You guys all start to hear crackling of stone underneath you. Oh, no. Uh, what? And right where Namora is sitting, you can see a mechanical scorpion starts digging up through the hole. One comes up where Namora was in that fresh hole. And two more start coming up out of the ground underneath the feet of those who are nearby the door. Oh. So why don't you give me an intimidation check from
5: Namora? It is an ability of his. What is the ability? One creature of the closet's choice within 20 feet of it must succeed on a DC 10 wisdom saving throw or be frightened for one minute.
3: It is frightened for one minute. Ooh. Nice. You can see this thing starts coming out of the hole and just backpedals. <laughs> <laughs> Blueberry, your badger can get an attack on the one that summoned near it, as well as Jet and Brad. You can also take your attacks on the one that summoned right behind you guys. All right. 16. 16 hits.
2: Yes. That's nine damage.
1: 13 to hit.
3: That hits. (gasps) Yay.
1: Badger boy is attacking the one on the left, and I assume the others are attacking the one on the right. 12 piercing damage. Big old
3: chomp. And then Brad, you can see this scorpion-like thing comes up from below you.
4: When I readied myself, I didn't switch my hand out (laughs) to have one of the weapons. Is that going to be part of this turn, or do I have to do that now?
3: No, no. I figured with you going into battle stance, that occurred. And I'm assuming that means you were also raging at that time, too. So you're, like, going into your rage as well.
4: Absolutely raging.
1: Are you scary when you rage? When you get angry? What's your rage look like?
4: Oh, you know, it's the red lights and, and me pretty much keeping, like, this demeanor the whole time. My my voice gets a little deeper, a little bit more amplified, but that's about it. These little scorpions—they're gonna—they're gonna get a talking to from this barbarian <laughs> robot.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, so I rolled a nine, so that's an eighteen. Whoa! Wow!
3: Yes, that very much hits. So you're gonna roll a D12. You're and you're gonna add eight to that. Oh my god! Ooh. Plus six because your strength and proficiency, but also you're raging, so you get an extra two.
4: I rolled an eleven. Plus six, so that's 17. And then another two to that? 19, baby.
3: Yeah. Ooh. You come down with that axe and you sever this thing in half. You can see the tails keeps on twitching as there's like a little bit of a silerium burst as you're able to just sever this thing in half.
4: I'm just gleefully, t- I was like, eh, nothing to see. Everyone keep calm as I'm just mercilessly <laughs> destroying this thing. <laughs> Not even breaking a sweat. Take that.
3: And that was the scorpion's turn. So, Brad, you are up. Nothing has happened outside yet. There is one more scorpion on the ground in this room with you. It's just a few feet away if you want to move over and start smashing that one, too.
4: The scorpion's right next to me, so it's within range. So, I think I'm just going to come down on it with another great X swing. Just keep it really nice and clean, nice and simple. That one's a 12, and then I add 9 to it. So, we've got 21, Blackjack.
3: Very much hits.
4: Great, and now I roll a d12, and that is, oh, that's a two. So two plus eight, so ten, so it's a ten.
3: Ten damage is actually enough to destroy it because of the big bite it took before. So again, you're able to just pound this thing (laughs) into the ground.
4: I hope you learned your lesson. (laughs) Making sushi out of all of them. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Is that the end of your turn? Do you have anything else you want to do?
4: I'm trying to think if there's any sort of movement I should do right back to where I was, but just do some really cool pirouettes, backflips, back into oh, yeah. <laughs> position. <laughs> and then I'm good.
3: You go back into that attack stand, staring at the door as you hear hooves.
4: And then I do an Andrew Garfield, and I turn to the two of you guys, and I'm like, I love you guys so much. This is so much fun. And then I turn back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jet is glowing from watching him kill two of these things on the ground and then just pirouette back to where he was. And from outside, you can just
3: hear these loud bangs against the stone doors at the front. So there's two attacks coming at it. First one does make contact. Second one does make contact. So we have... Whew, you can already hear the hinges on these doors creeping pretty hard. But the anvils definitely seem like they're helping keep them in place. Sebastian, that's your turn. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I was going to go up and, and check out what Xander was doing, but here in the battering on the door... I think I gotta go help. So I'm gonna run 30. And as I arrive in front of Brad, I'm gonna plug Daisy in.
4: I'm ready to make some sweet, sweet music, Sebastian.
0: Here we go.
3: <laughs> Let's see if we can we can amplify this. And I'm gonna hold a third level Thunder Wave. Wow. Daisy out in front of me with myself amped up with Brad.
4: Trust me, Sebastian. Once you put that in me, things are going to get loud.
3: Oh, let's go. Oh, dear. (laughs) You're prepping that for if the door opens. Yeah, if the door breaks, I am letting out a huge cord and hopefully just pushing him back and keeping him away. Should he be behind
5: Brad? Like, just for... You're behind
4: me and you're protected because that thing is thangin'.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jet, we're back to the top with you. There are no scorpions around anymore. They are gone. You can hear these things banging on the door.
2: So I'm going to ready another action. If they break through, I'm going to throw my neurotoxic net at the biggest group of enemies that come through.
3: Very nice. So you're pulling that out, getting it ready. Yep. Blueberry, you are up. Xander, you're on deck.
1: I'm just going to get within 30 feet of the door and hold a thorn whip to attack anything that comes in.
3: Xander, you're up. So I'm up by the lava hole. Ooh, it's warm on your back. It is like when you get just a little too uncomfortably close to a campfire and you're still like 20 feet away.
5: Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I like to be warm. He's readying in action to fire at anything coming through the door or from the ground now that he knows that the scorpions pop up. And then the aberration will do the same ready in action to hit anything, anything that comes through the door. And that's it. Xander, only D6.
3: Oh, God. Five. Two more of these scorpions pop up just underneath the feet of all of the people around front. It's like whack-a-mole. So we'll start with the ender, just because you, you said you had your Elge blast to shoot one. Okay. Pick one, take a shot. You can do so the same with your aberration.
5: I will aim at the one behind Brad first. 26.
3: Hits. Total of six. You're able to make contact. You you blow off one of its claws, but it still looks like it's trying to chomp and bite. What's your aberration doing? Is it attacking one of them? No, he's waiting. Waiting for something to come through the door. Okay. Brad, why don't you give me your attack?
4: So because I'm plugged in, do I have to be careful about where I'm moving to? I can't move too much or attack too much.
3: Don't worry about the attacking. Just try to stay within, like, we'll say 10 feet of Sebastian. We'll say he's got a 10-foot cord. I won't get you tangled, don't worry.
4: Great. Okay, well, I don't want to be a redundant robot, because robots hate redundancies, but I think I should try and use the Great Axe once again.
3: It's been working.
4: It's been working. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to roll a uh, d20 and try and take out this one monster again. And it's a 12 plus 9, so that's another 21. And then I'm going to roll a d12... That d twelve is a three, so again, that's a plus six plus two, so that's a eleven.
3: Ooh, eleven, you're able to sever the back half of this thing off, but it's still just
4: coming at you. That's not
2: right, Jet. You still have your held action. I'm holding it more for the front door.
3: Okay, well, Jet, you shouldn't have said that because this one's gonna bite at you because of that. What mm. is going for your ankles? It did get a natural one, so... (gasps) Okay. Yay. The one that was already just, like, so messed up with one hit point left tried to bite at you, Jet, but you happened to just be, like, switching back and forth on your feet, like, getting ready, and you just step on it completely and kill it.
0: Oh,
2: oh, 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 God. (laughs) Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's a bad one. Never mind.
3: (laughs) The other one on the other side, still attacking Jet. Come on. (laughs) It's a 19 to hit, Jet. My armor class is 19. Ooh, it does just barely hit. So you're taking seven piercing damage and six lightning damage as this thing Uh shocks into your foot. (sniffs) Lightning?
4: Brad quickly checks to see if that was him. It wasn't. He's good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Brad, that is your turn.
1: Wait, do I get my held attacks?
3: I mean, if you want. Yeah, I completely forgot. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, the badger would chomp, maul, and he has advantage because of pack tactics. Oh, nice.
0: Ooh.
1: Oh, that was a bad roll though, even with advantage, but it's pretty good. 13 again. 13 hits. Okay, nice. And then that's 14 piercing. And then I would Thornweep.
3: All right, give me attack tack roll.
1: 27 to hit. Four piercing. And I'll yank it 10 feet.
3: It is barely standing. Oh, and Xander, Nomura doesn't tell you that the scorpion came back. It's almost like it failed at saving throw again, so. Hey, yes.
0: <laughs> nice.
3: Blueberry just pulled that scorpion just right to Brad's feet.
4: <laughs> Would upon investigation I be able to tell how much HP it has left? One. can i just step on it
3: give me your normal like plus nine to hit
4: all right well i rolled a 17 so plus nine
3: crunch that bad boy so describe how you just get rid of it
4: well i just see it and i i see it crawl up to my feet and i think about sitting on it because my posterior has been great but i remember (laughs) the cords back there so then i Just kind of walk onto it. It might even have been an accident.
3: (laughs) You're able to splatter this thing a little bit of a loud crunch behind you.
4: Brad was in the middle of making sure that he wasn't tangled up in the cords with Sebastian. And then he (laughs) just happened to step on the scorpion.
3: All right. Is there anything else you would like to do?
4: I quickly nap. For one second, and then I come back. (laughs) Uh, I do want to make one investigation check on Potix. Is he all right?
3: Yes. Give me perception, just to see kind of what's happening up there.
4: I roll, and I get a 12. Wow, plus 3, so 15. You
3: can see that Potix is rantically moving. You know he's got these big boots on that actually are mechanical stilts that can extend him higher. And he keeps on adding stuff to the machine, and you can see there's flares of lava and magma. There's nothing up there attacking him. He is safe. You can see Keith is flying different things into place to help, but he looks like he's doing okay. He just needs a little more time. Keep it up, Papa. That is the herd outside... That is a natural 20. Oh, let's see if these doors can hold. They do not. Okay. The doors, even with the anvils, burst open. Sebastian.
4: Ready, Brad? Let's kick it. I'm so ready, Sebastian. Hit
3: it. Con save of 16. Two and a seven. So that's nine, but it is acid damage now. I don't know what acid damage looks like coming out of Brad's mouth, but...
4: It's the raspberry, isn't it? Oh, yes. (laughs) Raspberry acid. Here it comes. Oh, Brad, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's just sound waves filled
3: with raspberry.
4: I believe this is indicative of a good fun night, a wild night, so... (laughs) (laughs)
3: It does indeed look like the acid is eating through the metal.
0: Oh, good job,
3: Xander! What up, batteries? And they are pushed 10 feet away. Just to kind of keep them away from the door, I'm just trying to buy as much time as possible. Jet, what was your held action for when they got through the door?
2: To throw my net at them.
3: Oh! <laughs> as you throw the net, Sebastian's wave of acid coming from Brad actually shoves the net faster
4: at this group. Oh!
3: Ooh.
2: That's a nat 20. Hey,
0: nice.
4: Nice. Oh boy. Did you say that was a nat 20 or a net 20? Wow.
2: <laughs> he fits right in, doesn't he?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> One of the group fails and is paralyzed because it failed by five or more. Yes. The other group is poisoned but not paralyzed. Okay.
2: But they're, they're all restrained where they are, correct? For now.
5: My aberration had the... The held action.
3: Are you attacking the group that is paralyzed or is not? The paralyzed group, you'll get an auto crit. Let's do that one. Cool. So just roll
5: your damage with the crit. All right. So that's a D10 plus seven.
0: Ooh.
5: First roll is fifteen. Second roll is eight. So twenty-three damage.
3: Sebastian, you are up. Jet, you are on deck. This is. This couldn't be any more perfect. I have all the donuts from this morning. I have three left because I didn't hand them out.
4: Uh, Brad, open up! Oh, yep, absolutely. Ah!
3: Throwing donuts in there, and just oh. As, oh. as I oh. hear oh. him chomping behind me, I start oh. 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 playing Toxicity by System of a Down, just oh. Oh. waiting.
4: Oh. <laughs> I have what is the technical term known as gut. Perfect! Keep it up, Brad! Let's go! Oh, here it comes!
3: I'm riffing so hard, and we're casting a...
4: Oh, baby! A
3: fourth-level fireball in the center of the group filled oh, with no. acid damage
4: <laughs> from Brad's mouth. Oh, no. we, we did not save anything. We're going all in, so let's make this count, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly! <laughs> this is disgusting.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Ryan, you can have it spray for that. I love it. (laughs) The one group auto-fails and the other group needs to make a deck save, which doesn't it also auto-fail because they're restrained?
1: Restrained.
3: They also auto-fail. Oh, God. Nice. Only 24, but it's acid damage. You can see the one group that is just completely paralyzed it not only bubbles; it kind of coats this neurotoxic net, and yeah. as it just melts through, it almost looks like a grate of plasma that's just melting through the metal, and that whole group is destroyed. Oh, nice! Wow. wow! Wow!
4: Hell yeah, Brad! Thank the creator, cause my throat is burning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm out of here. I unplug Brad, and I'm I'm running. I'm not I'm not staying near this horde. Ow! I'm going to run to the east a little towards Blueberry on the stairs uh, and get away from the doorway.
4: Sebastian, once again, we have to work on you telling me when you're going to unplug, please. I'm sorry. I got
0: scared. (laughs) You
4: sort of just ripped it out of me. So burning from both ends right now. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Jet, you are up. So I'm going to run up 20 feet. So as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Searing Smite. And we'll, we'll take a nice big ol' honk and swing at the big group that is in the net.
3: You have advantage because they are restrained.
2: Dirty 20. Super hits. 11 damage with the Searing Smite. You can see that ignites. And you have a second attack, my friend. I do. And we're just gonna, again, seeing as it was a nice easy hit, let's try to squish some more of them. You get another advantage, too. Oh, beautiful. And that's uh, 24. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, that's max damage. Thank you. 12.
3: God, all right. Yeah, (laughs) they're they're still up, but they are are hurting a lot. All right. Blueberry, you're up.
1: Can my badger go first? Yes. So my badger would uh, run all up all feisty, um, and it's going to try to maul them. And it's going to have advantage because of pack tactics. Yeah, that's 21 a hit.
4: I am scared of that badger.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 10 piercing. And it's got a second mall attack. Yeah, that's 16 a hit. That hits. Ooh, max damage. 16 piercing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's enough. Yes, easy. They are brought down. You've destroyed the entire herd.
1: He's just still like kind of bouncing on top of them and like ripping them up like a dog playing with toys.
0: Oh my god!
3: (laughs) We are still an initiative. Uh That's a good sign. So, blueberries. Or there anything else you would like to do on your turn?
1: I'll just hold a Thorn Whip, sort of looking towards the, the holes that the scorpions came out of.
5: Xander? Step one is I'm going to move Nomura away and just have him floating up and away from the hole, but he's still watching it. Step two is I will continue to hold a shooty-go-blam shot. Ooh, actually, you know <laughs> what? I'm going to use the Arcane Pistol. Ready an Arcane Pistol shot for anything that'll come through. And I'll have uh, the Aberration. Actually, he's not going to move. He's just going to stand there and prepare for something to
3: come at him. Xander, I would ask for a D6, but I don't need it because there's only one scorpion left as it digs up from underneath Brad. You can give me your thorn whip, Blueberry as well as your Eldritch Blast shot. That's a nat 20, baby.
1: Hey, there we go. That's a nat 20, baby.
5: Oh, Oh my Should we just assume this thing is dead?
3: (laughs) I need a description of how this happens.
1: (laughs) Thorn whip plus gun?
5: So Blueberry grabbed it with the thorn whip, slammed it into the ground and threw it in the air. And I did like a skeet shot shot it right out of the air, exploded into little fireworks.
3: That silerium explosion all around you as the
2: last of the scorpions is indeed dead. Yes. And that just rains down on Brad, doesn't it? That oh, was
3: like yeah. right above his head. He's showered in silerium. Oh,
4: his arms are up. He this he's like that was totally wicked. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And Jet, you being outside now, you walk over, you grab your net and you start to hear hooves and hooves. And you can see from up the road hundreds more of these forged rushing at you.
2: Guys, guys, we got company. We gotta do something. As you run back into
3: the building saying that from the lava pit itself, you hear a loud metal snap <laughs> as all of the forge cease moving. From the dais, there is the biggest forge you've seen. It's 25 foot tall. It's just massive. You can see the improvements you guys made to it were implemented. So it's got this crossbow on its back. It is bending over. It is currently has its hand on the Silerium core as its other hand is raised with its fingers, and you can see it just snapped. Podix is standing there in awe. He has a needle that has been stuck into his arm and a tube that's going into the core. Like, his blood is currently feeding it. It worked! Whoa.
1: Oh my god, that's creepy. It worked! It worked! Just don't give me an evil laugh right now, and we'll be fine.
4: (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs)
3: Listen, we need to implement the core into the unit so it can be protected. Okay. How do we go about that? I I can kind of get this on my own. And you can see extends his stilts. And he uses Keith to bring the communication core up and put it into the chassis. Podix is sitting in the chassis. As you can see, he is connecting some things. And you can see with his arm, he snaps and points to the left. And the large forge does the same. And as it points to the left, you can see outside, all of the forge shift to turn to the left. Oh. oh. Wondrous. It worked. I was nervous. This is just incredible. Gestures them forward and they start moving forward and he like stops them. This is just incredible. They follow every command. Like shut down. Well, yes, we could do that. And you can see he snapped All of them
2: shut down. <sighs> how, how big of a radius is this?
3: I believe it's anything running on Silerium.
2: Does oh. that mean that- <gasps> Brad. Brad. Brad?
3: Brad's still there and fine. Oh. oh, thank God.
4: Oh, I am? That's pretty awesome. Brad is a special case.
3: Oh my God, is he Pinocchio?
4: <gasps> Papa said that I would never die. I told you guys this from the beginning.
3: What does he run on? Silerium.
5: Can you tell a lie right now?
3: Uh. Tell, tell Xander that his shirt looks good. Oh,
4: <laughs> Xander, your shirt... L- l- I just can't do it. Xander, you really need to get some pointers.
5: How dare you?
2: Oh my god.
5: <laughs> this shirt
3: cost me $1,200. Wow. I love this robot. And as you guys are talking, you hear another snap. This is wondrous. Did you wake them up again? Yes. I can just...
2: Turns it off again. I thought the whole point of this was to bring them down. The whole point was to control them, of course, so we could bring them down. Okay, so let's bring them down.
3: Staps again. And they all awaken. Think of it, though. Motherfucker. We could destroy the Magistrate for what they did here. You understand that, right?
4: The magistrate must be destroyed.
3: We could train an army. Brad knows we could stop those magistrate masters where they stand. Brad, we could go back and destroy those who exiled us. The ones who thought you were not truly alive. Those who thought you were dangerous. We could get revenge on those who wronged us. Those who sent us away. We could bring their city to the bottom of the ocean. Wait, whose city? Drifton. The
1: new Burnedarium. Yes,
3: those who left us.
1: Okay, that's a little extreme.
3: You've seen what the Magistrate has done? It's not just the Magistrate.
1: Fighting the Magistrate is one thing, but just killing people who, like, abandoned you?
3: They exiled us. You said you left. We did leave. By
4: force. Right, Brad? Right. Exiled. Just as Papa said. Because of me? Right. Because of me.
3: Well, well, you know, we had to hide you. This is progress. We could make an army out of this. We could control who we worked with, who we wanted to back.
2: This No, this cannot work. This is not something that you could do. The whole point of this was to end all these robots. What if you lose control of them again? What if they start to be sentient again, and then they're going to take over everything? They're going to destroy everything if we do not stop this. How can you think this is a good idea? But if I control them, then how can they destroy everything? What if you lose control like you did before? This is gaining control. Who said you're not going to lose control again?
4: Papa would never lose control.
2: Papa's lost control once before, and it almost ended the world. What
1: if you just lose control of your temper?
2: That won't matter.
1: It will for the rest of the world.
4: Well, this is all new information to me. Now that you're all putting it this way... Losing your temper does sort of matter, Papa. Come on now, listen to them.
3: <laughs> I am tired of this. You will not stand in the way of progress. This is the new way the world will work. Brad, attack, please. Potik snaps and points a
4: finger at Blueberry.
0: Ugh.
3: Brad, attack,
4: please. Papa, you want me to attack my new friends?
3: I said
0: attack.
4: Papa... It seems like you are in need of a nap, (laughs) and I don't go and attack Blueberry.
3: You don't. As Potix looks rather angry, he shuts the door of the chassis, as this large forge stands up and brandishes its great axe.
1: Oh, no! God.
2: Everyone roll initiative. Oh. Oh, I knew it. I made a mistake. Gosh. I told you we do not trust this man. Why
3: did we pick the good implements?
2: <laughs> I made you make the thing you're going to fight. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> oh.
4: This, uh, what's the word? Blows? Yeah. <laughs> That's a nat one for initiative for me. I guess it's good to waste it on that.
5: I got a four total.
2: Fifteen.
4: I rolled a two, but do I have advantage? You do have advantage. Ooh, baby. I got a three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I got eight. Oh, my God. That discussion lasted more than a minute.
2: I think all that did, yeah. So I lost. You all lose Bless.
1: Damn it! Bless is gone. Summon Beast is still up, and Longstrider
3: is still up.
5: Summon Aberration is still up.
3: All right. That is our Giant Forged. I have him written down as the Titan. Xander is the only one on the dais. You can see that one arm is a large hammer, and the other one is a large axe. The first is the hammer fist coming down on Xander... And this thing is huge, and it completely swipes across and tries to smack at you, Xander. That's a 15 to hit. Uh,
5: Yes, it just barely does.
3: 18 bludgeoning damage.
5: Okay. Is it magical or non-magical?
3: It is non-magical. I need a strength saving throw from you, please. Ooh,
5: that's not good. I'm not good at those.
3: 10. You are knocked prone. He completely smashes you (sighs) to the ground. As he looks up and he takes a crossbow shot at Jet. Mm -hmm. That's going to miss you, Jet. That's only a 16 to hit. All right. Big crossbow bolt, though, comes whizzing by you and crashes in the ground behind you. Jet, you are up. And Blueberry, you're on deck. I'm
2: so mad. I'm so (laughs) mad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Take a level in Barbarian.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for real. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my my hammer from my back and as I pull it out I'm casting Searing Smite. As I pull it off my back, it's slowly becoming engulfed in flames. And I'm running north up the stairs right in front of Xander to get in front of him. We are going to try to just swing right at his knees. Give me an attack roll. And you can see right on his knees.
3: Big chunks of metal armor. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool.
2: Sixteen to hit. Does not hit. Oh.
3: You got a second attack?
2: That should hit. 21. 21 hits. All right. 11 plus 1. 12. It reverberates
3: real loud, but you are able to make a good dent into it. Blueberry, you are up. Xander, you're on deck.
1: Ah, well, my land creature, what is their special? Speed 30, so he's going to dash from outside to um right to the southwest of uh, the big old thing, but I don't know if he's quite close enough to hit it. But he's ready for later. I am going to use my action for Thorn Whip. Oh, buddy, 19 to hit?
3: Please. Ooh. Doesn't
4: hit.
1: What? <laughs> We made a mistake!
4: It bounced off that armor. Sebastian, we should have definitely kept some raspberry donuts.
3: I know.
1: As my bonus action, I am going to cast Healing Word at third level on Xander. 13 healing.
3: Oh, thanks. Xander, you're up. Sebastian, you're
5: on deck. Okay. I'm going to use half my movement to stand up and then disengage so that I can do one, two, three. So it's only 15. And then uh, my slot is going to dash to right next to Jet. But since he dashed, I am all
3: good. Sebastian, you are up, and Brad, you're on deck. Okay, this is like the perfect scenario because I just got this spell. Can he make an intelligence save for me, please? I have a very important question. Yes. Are you hitting the Forged or are you trying to go for Potix inside the Forged? I'm going to go for the robot because he's locked inside anyway. So I am using Thim's Psychic Lance. So I unleash a shimmering lance of psychic power from my forehead at a creature that I can see within range. Alternatively... I can utter a creature's name if I can't see them. Oh. If the name target is in with- within range, it becomes the spell's target even if you can't see it.
5: Yo, that's dope. That's so tight. So
3: the target must make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 7d6 and is incapacitated until the start of my next turn. Yo, that's sick. Wow. Roll your 7d6. 27 acid damage. I'm playing Daisy a little bit, and you just see a music staff just, like, erupt from my head and wiggle its way towards the, uh, the robot and just kind of, like, envelop it and start circling around
4: it.
5: Can you be playing Toxic by Britney Spears?
4: Yes, I absolutely can. <laughs> I don't know who this is, but she rocks.
5: <laughs> She's a mighty warrior.
3: I was just kind of riffing, and then I hear Xander's suggestion from in front of me of Toxic by Britney Spears, so I switch over like mid-riff, and the music staff goes up his back and like through his shirt and kind of bellows his shirt a little bit and gives him like goosebumps, and I'm going to give him bardic inspiration as the the staff goes towards the the robot. Hell yeah. All right, Sebastian, that is your turn. Brad, you are up. What is Brad gonna do here?
4: Well, Brad first has to step up because he's going to try and confront Papa one last time. Papa, we don't have to do this. We don't have to fight. Just listen. This is not something that you are within your capabilities of controlling. You are also a flesh pile.
3: Brad, I said attack.
4: We are beyond that, Papa. I'm not going to attack, all right? You're throwing a little bit of a tantrum, quite honestly. (gasps) Please, I don't want to hurt you or TITAN, and which I've given the TITAN the acronym of Totally Incredibly Terrifying Annihilation Nightmare, because that is what it is. Please.
3: We could change the world. We could get rid of those who wronged us. We can make the world a better place. You don't have to be stuck down here.
4: I'm no longer stuck down here, Papa. We have made friends. We're going to hurt the first friends that I've made? That's not setting a very good example. You are a bad mentor. Bradley. Oh, don't use my longer acronym words. You know how much it makes me mad. (laughs) That's it. Uh, Sorry, Papa. I will have to attack and take down Titan. (laughs) I am raging, and I think what I will have to try and do, because... (laughs) I think because he's raging and because Brad is uh, definitely not completely thinking completely straight at this time, I think that he takes his javelin and tries to pierce the door and get right on the cord that connects his vein to the titan itself. Okay. This is a Hail hail Mary.
3: (laughs) Give me an attack roll with your javelin.
4: 17!
3: (laughs) Okay. 17. That's super going to hit. You get your 17 plus
4: your 9. Plus the 9. So that's 26. And then I roll a D... What is it? The javelin. It is... It's a D6. D6.
3: Plus your 6 plus your 2.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Flying high like a D6. Here we go. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) That is a 5 plus a 6. So I rolled a 5. That's 11 plus another 2 which is 13.
3: You can see that not only do you pierce that chassis, as you come back down, you can see that you actually did hit the core as it sparks. Ooh! It sparks, and Potix jumps back a little bit. Is that the end of your turn, I should say? Oh, no, you have a second attack.
4: Great. Uh, This is awesome. Uh, So I will use, I think, uh, can I use my great axe? Yeah, that's fun. Uh, we've cracked the door, but I, I think I need to pave the way for other people to be able to get in to Potix if I can. So I would like to take the great axe to the door that is still guarding Potex from us.
3: Give me another attack roll.
4: Going for an attack roll. It's an eight. All right, so eight plus nine, correct, is a 17.
3: Just in case, you do have my inspiration too, so you can roll an extra d8. So you can roll 2d8 and add the highest to that 17.
4: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. Let's try this. So roll 2d8, take the higher. Do it. Okay, I'm doing it.
0: Seven. Hey, let's go.
3: That's plenty. Easy hit. So roll that d12 plus your eight damage this time.
4: Got you, d12, it's an eight. So plus six which is 14 plus two is 16 damage.
3: So this thing is already looking so messed up and you completely crack that chassis off. You can see the core is in there. It almost looks like it's falling out. You can see Potix is holding on for dear life as he's trying to get it to move. You can actually see at the top of the order, the lair action doesn't seem to be working. Oh, go. Go. yes! The forged outside were rushing, you guys, and at this point, they're just kind of grazing, walking around. they almost look confused. Mm. looks like they're not aggressive right now
1: okay yeah,
3: i' I'm, I'm I'm thinking oh. they're back to like their normal life because it's incapacitated right now. The thing controlling them is incapacitated, so they must have their free okay. will back, okay,
1: okay. Okay. But
5: but that's still not good. Like, because if they're left to their own devices, they're going to evolve and do the whole thing that Jet is real upset about. So,
3: we need to end this. That is the Titan's turn, and it cannot do anything.
4: Sorry, Papa.
2: Jet, you're up. Blueberry, you're on deck. Mm, Seeing Brad open up the stomach, basically, I'm putting my shield on my back. Try to hit him as hard as I can. 15. You're hitting Podix? Yes, it does hit. Okay. 14 damage. And we're going at it again. Eight. Yeah, that's not going to hit. Blueberry, you are up.
1: Okay. First, the badger is going to try to maul the machine. It's not going for Bodex, it's going for the machine. That's 18 to hit. Nope. And for like 16, doesn't hit. Oh, wait, but it's restrained? Was it incapacitated?
3: incapacitated simply means the creature can't take actions or reactions attacks don't have advantage and hits aren't automatic c- criticals like paralyzed or unconscious
1: so they're they're still there in their brain somehow so that they can like dodge and stuff I guess
3: yeah it's it's weird
1: anywho so that misses but I'm gonna try to cast polymorph on the Titan oh
3: what Wait the ponyx will be inside it
1: yep that's a wisdom save.
3: I got a negative one. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm turning it into a giant toad.
3: Okay.
4: A battle toad, if you will.
3: You turn it into a giant toad. Blueberry, roll me 4d6. Six. Oh, oof. You can see that this toad starts burning from the ground that it's standing on. Oh. Oh, But what happens to Podix is the question.
1: Well, a swallowed target is blinded and restrained and takes 3d6 acid damage on the start of the toad's turns. So does he end up in the stomach?
2: He was (laughs) in the stomach of the the titan. (laughs) Roll me 3d6. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) 10. Normally, I like to let the player describe this. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You have slain Potix.
4: Oh, oh. Oh, no.
3: (laughs) The toad falls asleep on the hot grate, and it slowly takes damage, 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 before it turns back into this large monstrosity with the chassis open, and a dead Potix falls out along with the Silurium communication corps.
1: Oh my God
0: uh, Blue Brad look at what away. Did you what do
1: the fu- I just thought something big that wouldn't crush him that could like then he wouldn't be controlled I-, I thought frog is like relatively harmless I why is he all burnt?
4: Blueberry you are the most bloodthirsty warrior I have ever encountered. <laughs> what? Blueberry. Oh, no. <laughs> your disregard for life knows no bounds, and you have earned my respect. <laughs> oh, my God, From no. one barbarian to another, I admire your bloodthirst.
0: <laughs> 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 to the vegan! <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't mean to do
5: this. Okay, okay. I-, I know that this is a traumatic time right now uh, for some, and maybe happy for brad in a weird way i don't know um but what's going on with the uh the dudes outside can anyone see if they're still moving around yeah we got
2: to get that communication thing i'm running over and grabbing it as quick as i can well before you do that
5: before you do that because we need his blood to control it i'm grabbing it but like you can't do anything with it unless
2: you have his blood like we need we need to like keep it connected i'm grabbing it before he's saying this i'm running over and grabbing it jet grabs it and you
3: can see that the tube was just, like, taped to the side, Jet. Taped to the side of his arm? It was not necessary for it to work, and he wanted you to
2: believe he was the only one who could control it. I knew it. I knew it. I want to inspect the contraption and see how, like, if I can tell how it works exactly. Give me investigation. And Xander, they're still moving around outside.
3: Fourteen. It's complicated. You have no idea... It looks like this would have to be connected in some way to a machine.
2: Brad, do you do you know how this works? Do you know how I can get this to work to be able to control the other ones out there?
4: Do you think that you could do this? Well, it's worth a shot. I feel like I owe that to Papa, at least a little bit.
2: I'm just going to throw the contraption to him. As soon as you grab it, Brad.
4: Oh, oh.
3: You know, this was the Forbidden Shiny. Papa wouldn't let you touch it. And Brad, your life has kind of been weird. You feel as if you're a fully grown person, yet you're less than 10 years old. You may not be the smartest, but you have memories, mostly of a few specific places. The inside of the workshop on Potix's boat in the ocean, he made you and immediately told you he had to keep you a secret, that no one else could know you were there. It was hard because you were made out of the majority metal and would clang around quite a bit. Potix had many contraptions, so he would come up with elaborate lies to keep you a secret. You had a small little cubby you would hide in when others would visit the workshop. So you didn't have much to do, or really anyone to talk to. Fast forward to when you were discovered. Things happened quickly, but it ended up with Potix and you being thrown out of Drifton. You headed to a very new place. Berndarion. Though this time you weren't condemned to just the workshop. You got to feel the sun, the air, even the salt scrape against your metal as the ocean waves burst onto the deck of the small dinghy you were in. Though your adventure in the sun didn't last long, and you entered Berndarion for the first time. It was lifeless, only speaking with Potix when he desired to be talked to, and then you were in another workshop. This time you could be loud at least, but still... Only Potix. Then the problems started to arise. Potix would spew his hatred for the Magistrate, and his plans to upgrade all of the other Forge to be just like you. But still, only Potix. These four you are surrounded by now are truly the only other people you have really gotten to talk to. But right now, holding this core, you aren't just with these four newcomers. You are feeling thousands of people, things, souls. Your eyes glow a light blue as the silerium inside you bubbles upward. You start to see this substance all around you glowing. Small particles coming from you in the air and gathered around all of the other forged. It is dense like dust you wouldn't be able to see without it glowing The Forged are feeding off the Silurium that comes from you, the source. You're the source of the Silurium, you're where it comes from. You're hearing thousands of noises, emotions, thoughts. While they aren't in common, you can still understand them, it's zeros and ones, you get it. You can feel the confusion of the Forged that are just outside. They aren't sure whether to be angry or go back to the Vent and enjoy their warmth. Brad, you are the life force that controls the Forge because Silerium is your life force. It flows through all of them, and you are connected to all of them. When you're holding this core, you feel everything they do. Think everything they think. You feel the fear of a prey animal as it is being hunted, yet you also feel the adrenaline and hunger from the predator chasing it. You feel the satisfaction from a grazing Forge who is eating a Silerium-infused crystal. Brad, you feel the strength you have here. You have a line of communication right now to all of the Forged and influence on their actions when you hold this.
4: I I can communicate with all of them right now?
3: It feels like it. You feel like you have influence over them. You feel like using this core, you could control them. You could do the same thing that Potix did and snap your fingers and shut them all down. But it's also a communication core for a reason it opens up the influence the Silurium has on them and that you hold on them. You can be forceful or you can be light with it. That's what you feel right now. You could just talk to them.
4: Yeah, this is really, uh, this is heavy. I think what I might need to do with this new connection is figure out a safe space for all of these animals, all of these creatures.
3: You know that this city, this city is abandoned. The one thing that is so scary is that these Forged have learned how to replicate and evolve themselves. If that wasn't an option, they'd just be animals living in an abandoned city. They have their own space right now. Nobody
4: comes here. So is there a way to curtail the replication that they're undergoing? Like, could I could I communicate with them that that's not something that they should be doing as much? That they're safe here?
3: You could easily... Allow replication, allow reproduction, but not allow for the improvement. You feel like you would be able to cut that off. That this could be an ecosystem of itself down here.
4: That sounds like the best of both worlds. Making sure that they all kind of stay here and live peacefully so that no one will bother them. I, in essence, will become their guardian since... Papa is no longer with us. I will be there, Papa. Thanks for tossing this this uh, thing over. That that was a, uh, was beautiful.
0: Did, did did it work?
4: Yeah. Can you guys just like chill on the on the improving stuff for like a hot second? Yeah. No. 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 They're talking. It was that was that's that's not something that I even needed to do. I just needed to think it. I just did it so that you guys could hear me do it. But yeah, they're they're chill now.
2: So are you you saying they're they're done? They'll no longer grow?
4: That is what I am feeling. Yes. That's the general vibe. Honestly, it felt like a defense mechanism for them all. But now that they know that they are safe and that that is not something that they have to do, they're fine to be living their life the way that they're living.
2: So there's no chance they can go back to taking over all of this land. You won't allow that to happen?
4: The one thing that I am gifted with is the lack of human error. Because, as you know, to err is human. So, if this is my prime function to protect the beasts and to protect the outside world from the beasts and keep them here, I will not deviate because I am not plagued by human error.
1: As long as you don't do the classic, like, movie thing where it's like, oh, I have to, like, exterminate for the greater good, you know?
4: oh sure 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 yeah no uh you know i'm chilling here i got everything that i need i'm good to take naps and play around with all these beasts here
5: that sounds like a good ass life you got all the friends
4: now i do i have even more friends than i can play around with because i don't have to hide away in a tiny little hearth
3: you got the whole city at your
2: footsteps
4: that's amazing i i think that's fantastic
2: You realize you have saved millions of lives.
4: Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, That's cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And with with tears in his eyes, Jet is going to go and give him a big hug.
4: Oh, are we doing the spooning again? Is that what's happening here?
2: This is what we call a front spoon.
4: A front spoon. (laughs) I will remember
2: this.
5: Can I make a request now that we've got so many new friends and allies, I guess? Can we all take a picture? Just gather up all all the beasties outside?
4: We all pose. We all are. uh, I'm assuming it's a posing and however we're posed lives on for all time.
5: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: That sounds lovely, but I might have a request too, or maybe just a piece of advice. Xander, if you have any other piece of clothing you may want to be commemorated in for all of eternity, maybe switch it out now. Again, buddy to buddy. Uh,
5: you know, I, I appreciate and I respect your, uh, your opinions and your decisions. I, I support you. I, kn- I know who you are. I, I see you. I'm recognizing you. Um, but uh, I'm going to respectfully decline for right now. Uh, right. Thank you.
4: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's okay. And I will still give you that dab.
5: Hell yeah. We dap it up. Dap it up. <laughs> and then everyone get into a pose.
3: Set the camera on the statue. I'm down on one knee in front of Brad with the metal horns
4: and in like just like a, a cheesy little smile. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a guitar pose. Oh, uh, you can have Daisy. I'll hand him Daisy. Thank you. I'll try not to crush it.
1: I'm going to try to time it so that I like jump with my hands on the back of Brad's shoulder, so I, like, just jump up, just be like, woo! Up in the air.
4: Yes.
2: I'm gonna have Charlotte's protection kind of levitate right next to me, and I'm gonna grab one of the bunnies and put it right on top of it, and kind of, like, have my arm around it.
4: Look at this bloodthirsty warrior that's atop my shoulders right now.
2: Oh.
1: Amazing. Is the slot in the photo?
5: Yeah. Yeah. The slot. I'm sitting on the back of the slot, so I'm very tall also. (laughs) And Namora's on my shoulder, there
3: we go. Oh, where's Frederick?
1: Frederick's on my shoulders.
3: All right, Xander, give me a performance with advantage because everybody's helping you with this one. And you have inspiration still from me. It's true. 18. It's a very beautiful picture. You're able to get the low light filter just right because it is rather dark down here. You can see that some of the silerium is glowing from Brad's belly. So just a nice, beautiful, happy picture. There are a few things before you guys say your goodbyes. PoTix brought you here because there was some magistrate information. Oh, I totally oh, forgot. God, yeah. And it looks like it's a lot. So you you decide, grab all the books and read it when you have time. So you have everything with you. Yeah. Yeah. As you guys plan on leaving Berndarium. To the airship.
4: You guys got an airship? Yeah. We just found it. Oh, that's awesome.
3: When you're not ruling the robots, uh, you'll have to come on it sometime.
4: I know. Thank the creator that I'm not capable of being jealous, because it would kick in right about now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to miss you, Brad. I'm going
1: to give Brad a big front spoon.
4: Front spoon to everyone. Front spoon. Front spoon. Get on in here. Pat, 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 (laughs) pat.
3: Take good care of the robots.
1: Thank you so much for your help and for not attacking me when your papa told you to. It really says a lot about who you are when he's like all you know and he tells you to do something and then you don't because you see that it's wrong. And I'm really sorry that I
4: killed him. Oh, Blueberry, it is okay. It didn't seem very logical or probable that he was going to get out of there alive by one person or the other. And of course, I was going to spare you. You are a new friend. And we both know that if I had attacked you, you would have killed me mercilessly. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I don't know about that. But all is forgiven. All is behind me.
5: You'll You'll be a good dad. You'll be a good papa.
1: Papa Brad.
4: Papa Brad. I like the sound of that. Prime automaton producer of automatons. Berndarium robotic automaton defender. (laughs) Got a couple of automatons. I got to get out of that acronym, but... (laughs) I have plenty of time to work on it.
3: (laughs) As Brad goes to workshop his acronyms... You all head away, saying your goodbyes. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh, my
0: gosh.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Thomas. I apologize for giving the fate of Berndarium to your hands at the end.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I think that it's what was destined for Brad at the end of that one. I think it's what needed to happen. A little change of guard. No pun intended. That was
2: so much fun. Seriously, thank you.
3: That was a ton of fun. You can catch us next week. We're going to talk on the behind the scenes about the episode. You can catch us over on Patreon, and that's where you're going to get all the goodies. But more importantly, you have to go check out everything from Thomas.
1: And Thomas's Dungeons and Dragons show. Yes.
3: yes. So, good. yes. so good.
1: Tell us about it.
4: This was perfect. Yeah, I we just recently started our own D&D homebrew campaign series called Roll Slaying with Roman. It is a spin-off series taking place in a complete alternate universe with uh, one of the characters from our flagship series, Sandersides, Roman, who was basically a already in the medieval fantasy kind of character world himself. We have this amazing team of writers and artists that, as me and my friend Terrence play through it with a dungeon master, those scenes, the things that we encounter or experience, they get recreated live by me, Terrence, and other actors. Or we have certain scenes redrawn by talented artists so that we bring the the, the series to life. Yes,
5: that's Love amazing. It. Hell yeah.
4: Along with lovely sound design as well. Yeah, it's been an incredible, incredible thing to get started where me and Terrence are having so much fun with it. So fun. And it's darn intriguing. We just completed chapter one, which is three episodes long. We're getting ready to debut chapter two. And I really invite everybody to check it out, whether or not you've watched Chapter One or not. It should be a, a blast. I'm, I'm having so much fun with that. And that's on our main YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Thomas Sanders. Love yeah. it. It's Hell so yeah. good. I
3: can't wait to check it out. All that stuff will be in the description as well as Thomas's socials. You're going to go click it right now. I know that's what you're doing right now. Thomas, God, thank you so <laughs> much. This was a blast. Uh, you're hilarious. I loved Brad. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Oh, my gosh. We we so so appreciate your time. Honestly,
2: it's an honor, man.
4: It was a blast. Lovely meeting all of you guys and fighting alongside you. (laughs) Yes, Yes. same. You have to join us in our unison goodbye now.
3: Okay. Thank you again all so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks for the next episode. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) Beep, boop. (laughs) Xander's soon-to-be-canon alien abduction one-shot is so, so close and is exclusive to our cast and crew over on our Patreon. Join us in achieving our very first Patreon stretch goal with less than 10 patrons to go and support the show, all while snagging some awesome exclusive Cast Party bonus goodies. Head on over to patreon.com slash castparty to become an official part of our cast and crew. You'll receive access to hours upon hours of exclusive bonus content like Nigel DMing for the very first time, all recorded for your listening pleasure, access to our community Discord where we host live listening parties and community-run games, as well as entry into our merch giveaway that we do for every single cast party episode. Speaking of, this episode's merch giveaway winner is... Amelia! We just got in our Matthias' University of Modern Magic College Crest necks, and good lord, they are my favorite. You need to go check them out at cast-party.myshopify.com. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks to figure out where the heck we fly off to now. See ya!
1: a bear. Okay. Have a bear.
5: It's the penis bear. It's the penis bear.
1: It is small, though. So I will note that. Hey, don't
0: make fun of him. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) The whole animal is small.
3: (sighs) Wow. This Friends Day extravaganza, hosted by Brad, is wonderful. So many friends all in one place. The alligator... St. E-Love isn't even trying to eat that flying rabbit, E-Bab Flo, as he so often does. (gasps) Water Knight, how are you? I don't know whether to shake your paw or your stinger. Are you also excited for Jesky Fire's flying studs? The new wings on her look great. Too bad Ash will never be able to get his own pair anymore. I know he was looking forward to being a flying spider monkey. Sean de Jesus isn't here yet. Must be sharpening those metal feathers. New York could be anywhere, though. She does love to do her burrowing. (gasps) Do you see that? Dubwood, the panther, has finally come out of that silly burlap sack. The cat really is out of the bag. Lord Asselberg is quite the dancer when he's not trying to maul every single forged within 1,000 feet of him. Look over there. Isuik is standing with Jeff the Milkman. They were always so competitive fighting over the Silurium trophy, but now they are sharing a frothy Silurium pint. Everything is going wonderful. <gasps> Oh, no, there goes that Lady Lorax, always spouting craziness, saying she can speak to those metal trees. Time to leave. Lexi, I wouldn't go there if I was you. We should hit up that new mac and cheese joint.
2: It is with deeply heavy hearts that we would like to dedicate this episode in memory of our absolutely amazing and loving grandfather. William, or how we like to call him Gimpa, graced us with his presence 87 years ago and filled our lives with love and compassion. He has since left us physically, but he will always be with us in our hearts. You were the best thing to have ever entered our lives and you will forever be missed by all of your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. We ask that you all take some time to spend it with your family and those close to you and let them all know just how much you love them. Life is too short and it should be filled with joy and happiness, just like how our grandfather taught us. We love you so much, Kimpa. Until next time.